Hello, everyone. Hi. Pause for everybody to say hi back. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So this week we'll be talking about Babysitter's Club, which both of us are very excited to talk about. We're going to save that for the end. And I guess for right now, we're going to talk about some bigger things that happened. Usually I go kind of in depth into the week, but we have so much to talk about with the babysitters. The babysitters will be dominating most of this episode. Yeah. But first, let's talk about Taylor Swift. Yes. 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 Let's. Yes. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. As everybody knows, Taylor Swift dropped Folklore, which we both listened to. Do you like it? Um, not really, but it's not my kind of music. That's. I. I. It's it's like almost too singer songwriter for me. Like that's not usually my. Yeah. I know what you mean. My like genre of music. However, I told you, I took a shower the other night and like dimmed the lights and like had the album playing on in the background and got so in the zone and was so into it that I got out of the shower and was like, maybe I do like this album. You did say that it was um, a mood. Yeah. And I, even though I feel like it was made to play in H&M's and in Starbucks everywhere. Absolutely. Um, I feel like, you know, go Taylor for just like dropping an album of whatever the fuck you wanted to do. Yeah, I wish I was famous and respected enough that I could just do whatever I wanted and it would get a million listens. (laughs) Yeah, I do really want the cardigan. Oh yeah, the cardigan is cute. Yeah. Okay, but we have to talk about the bisexualness of it all. Yes. It's kind of impossible not to know this, but if you don't know, there's a song on the album called Betty, which is about being in love with a woman, a woman named, or I guess a girl, because they're 17. I don't know. That's a weird distinction to make. But it's about, like, falling in love with her and wanting to kiss her, kiss her in front of all of her stupid friends. And then they do kiss at the end, and it's a kind of a happy ending, kind of. Um, and people, including me, went nuts. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, I I have nothing against Taylor Swift. She's just not one of, like, my women, you know? Mm-hmm. I like her fine. I think she's talented. I like her music. She's just never really, like, done it for me. But what I do love is speculating about her dating Carly Kloss. Um, because <laughs> it is so much fun. <laughs> and as many of you know, I do love speculating about female celebrities dating each other. I didn't know about the Taylor Carly stuff. I think maybe you've mentioned it to me in passing, maybe even on the podcast, but it's never something that, like, fully registered in my brain. I love how you texted me. You were like, did you hear that Betty might be about Carly Kloss? And I was like, yeah, uh uh-huh. Well, I I didn't even know that it, I thought that it was just like about a girl. And my cousin texted me, who lives in DC. I don't know why that's important, but it is. I'll keep it in. Um, (laughs) And she was like, did you know that Betty stands for Carly Kloss? And I was like, how on earth does Betty stand for Carly Kloss? Carly Kloss is a double K name. And <laughs> Betty starts with a B. And she was like, well, apparently Carly's middle name is Elizabeth. And a nickname for Elizabeth is Betty. 
And I was like, what? That's no. And then I like Googled like Taylor Swift Carla Claus and was like, oh, this is a thing. And then I texted you and was like, what? And then you wrote, your, your exact words to me were, oh, please. <laughs> that does sound like me. <laughs> And I was like, okay, I can't, t- I can't tell if Jay is being like, are you serious right now? Or like, how, how do you even think that this is news to me? Yeah, that, that's correct. But yeah, Betty is a super gay song. I have fallen into lesbian TikTok and I cannot get out of it. I know like, you have. I, I have tried so hard. I've tried the thing where you like hold it down and hit not interested. And that got me out of Portrait of a Lady on Fire TikTok, but I'm still in lesbian TikTok. <laughs> and I gotta say, the, they're, they're very sweet women. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm now like over liking videos of gay guys being like, no, like take me back. <laughs> anyway, I've been seeing an influx of lesbian TikTokers picking apart like other lyrics and other songs beyond Betty that are like, that's a really gay thing to say. <laughs> yeah. Or like, this is like you, like this is gay and this is gay. And I'm like, I feel like if, she, if, if Taylor was ever going to come out, I feel like it would have happened with lover. Absolutely. And by come out, I mean like, hi world. My name is Taylor Swift and I am insert here. And that, that didn't, necessarily happen or at least in the way that we that was acknowledged yeah and so I just want the day I want the day for Taylor to be like hi like I whatever I think if she came out at this point it would kind of she'd kind of have to be like lol sorry remember all the times I acted like I was going to come out and didn't well now I am for real and people would be like okay Taylor but or she'll be like I'm sorry I thought you guys knew Like, I thought I came out already. That sort of brings me to something I tweeted about, which was that people on Twitter, not people I follow, everyone I follow who who was, like, talking about the album was like, oh, it's Taylor and Carly, Taylor and Carly. But then people were tweeting, like, I thought we weren't into outing people. Like, doesn't this count as outing someone if we analyze these lyrics to be about Carly Kloss? And I was like, first of all, shut up. Second of all... This comes up every time that people are like, oh, I think these two straight female celebrities are dating, like allegedly straight female celebrities are dating. People are always like, oh, I thought we weren't into outing people. And it's like, yeah, we're not. But it's not the same thing in any capacity. It's really not the same thing. It's like, just let lesbians and queer women find representation the ways they want to find it. And someone, I tweeted about this and someone responded and was like, yeah, I know we do it all the time with Trump and um, Putin. And I was like, first of all, how did you get this number? Second of all, (laughs) um, like I didn't say anything to him because I didn't want to get into a Twitter fight, but like that's not at all the same thing in any capacity. Again, I have now referenced three separate things. One is outing people, one is looking for representation, and one is simple homophobia. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, mean, uh, even when, I I don't really know how to properly respond to that story without just being like, that sucks. But also, (laughs) 
I feel like 90% of the things that we've talked about during seasons one and two of the podcast were like, here's like all of the representation that gay people like gravitate towards that aren't necessarily gay. Yeah. So like that is, that is like a thing that exists and like it's part of gay culture almost. But we also have to call back to last year when Taylor Swift posted that pride bracelet do you yes, remember this? I do remember It was, this. like, it was captioned, like, pride or something like that, but then the bracelet was the color of the bisexual color, like, bisexual flag colors. Yeah. And everybody was like, Taylor Swift, <laughs> please say something. And so I'm like, is this her saying something? Like, is this her way of doing it? And she's just, like, in the mindset of, like, people don't need to hear me say the words. I'm, already, I'm just already telling you. Or... Was this literally just a song that she told from a male perspective about a, like, teenager? I don't yeah. Know. I know a lot of people think it's just, like, a song from a male perspective. But she's literally never done that before. Well, on this album, there she said that there are so many, like, characters. And, like, she was envisioning these people that other than her. And she was writing their story as, like, folklore. And so then people are like, oh, she's writing this character who is a boy in hmm. the song and I'm like that is not interesting to me <laughs> yeah but that's a very like country music thing so I'm like maybe this is her kind of like getting back to her like country songwriting because yeah. I feel like every country song is like there once was a <laughs> woman sitting <laughs> on her porch <laughs> and then like 60% of them are like and then she died and that's like country music So maybe this is that. I uh-huh. don't know. Taylor Swift, please come on the podcast and explain yourself. Can you imagine if she came on the podcast? That would be amazing. She loves New York, so she must <laughs> yeah. love us. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's how that works, right? Yeah. Okay, so another thing we have to talk about. <laughs> I can't even compose myself to bring this up. Oh, God. So our Ellen watch has to continue because she got burgled. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't even read that this year. I forgot that this happened. This happened a few days ago. But her Santa Barbara home was burgled. Apparently, the burglars stole expensive jewelry and watches. um, And that's it. That's it? (laughs) They're investigating if This burglary goes with apparently a bunch of other burglaries that have been happening in, like, the Los Angeles area to celebrities recently. I have not heard about any of that. I've only heard about Ellen. It's the bling ring all over again. Well, I'm like, is this a cover-up? Is Ellen trying to be like, oh, yeah, like, other uh, other celebrities are also getting robbed? (laughs) Or is it luck and people are robbing me? I don't know. I would say that theory doesn't exactly um, make sense. (laughs) I mean, if there is a Bling Ring 2 out there, I can't wait for the A24 sequel. Yeah. Man, who would be in the Bling Ring sequel? Margaret Qualley. Also, like, who would burgle Ellen? Maybe like, I didn't I know it was Ellen. That's true. 
Because I'm like, maybe I like I can't think of anything that Ellen would have that I would want. Like, I know that she has that mirror that you work out into. I know she has a like plethora of sweaters and probably like good dog treats. <laughs> I can think Trip. of two things she has that I want. Okay. Besides Portia. That was number one. <laughs> <laughs> and number two is a million dollars. Do you think Ellen has like a safe in her bedroom? <laughs> and you're like, do boop, 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 boop. And it opens and there's just like $400 million like sitting in a safe. I need that safe. She probably has some cool like monkeys. I don't think she has monkeys in California. I think all her monkeys are in Africa. Oh, I said monkeys, but I mean like like pictures of monkeys. Oh, pictures <laughs> like, of monkeys. And like paintings and stuff. Like that could be worth something. I don't know. But, you know, good luck, Ellen. <laughs> okay, my last piece of news. Do you have any do you have any I have news? No news. I'm amazing. So the last thing we're gonna talk about before the babysitters. I did not know that this was going to be a movie. This is probably not news to some people, but it was announced that Billy Eichner is going to play Paul Lind in the Paul Lind biopic. Oh, I didn't know that. I think it's incredible casting. That's really good casting, yeah. I know very little about Paul Lind. I know him from, like, Bewitched, and that's about it. I know he, like, did Bye Bye Birdie, I think. Is that him? Um, I don't know. I know almost nothing about him. I'm a genius. Paul Lind began to, began his career on Broadway, scoring a breakout role as Mr. McAfee in the mm-hmm. original production of Broadway Birdie. Wow. Oh, and then he was the center square on ho- the Hollywood squares and then Bewitched. But he's like a big gay comedian and a big gay comedian's going to play him. And I'm excited for that. Yeah, that's great. The other thing that I like about Billy playing him is not only is he just like a great person to play Paul Lind, but Billy has been really active in being like gay people should play gay people, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And he talked a lot about it when The Lion King came out and he was playing Timon. But even without that, I'm excited to see it. Yeah. Okay. So... I was going to say the Babysitter's Club in French, but I couldn't figure it out. So the Babysitter's Club. Yes, the I Babysitter's was like, Club. The Babysitter's Club. Oh. <laughs> La Club do Pair. Oh, it probably is like La Club de Bebe. Au Pair. Isn't that more of like a nanny? I guess they are like more nannies over there than like babysitters. Yeah. Hold on. Stand by. <laughs> Just get Kaylee oh. on the phone. Le Club de Babysitters. Ah! Uh, we were so close! I still think it should be au pair. <laughs> that sounds more French. Okay, okay, wait, wait, wait. So did you like it? Yes, of course. I loved it. Me too. So much. So we have to, once again, give a shout out to my friend Kaylee, who texted me and was like, Babysitter's Club has LGBTQ representation. Or I think she said it has trans representation. And I was like, oh, great. And she was like, and a bunch of other queer representation, too. And then she said, you're welcome, one more thing. And she was right, because we love it, and everyone should love it. I owe her, because I had such a great time watching it. And it's kind of the perfect thing to be watching right now, because at least 
for me, <laughs> the world is awful. Yeah. I don't know if anybody else is experiencing that at all. And it was such a sweet, genuine, lighthearted show that just threw in these major undertones the whole time. Yeah. And so I just sat there in awe. And I ended up crying at one point, not because of anything that was necessarily happening on the show and not like a full sob, just kind of like a little wet, just a little wet eye. Because I was like, fuck, like the kids, the kids today are getting such quality fucking television at such a young age that if if we get to the point where they get to be old I like can't wait to I hope to witness like what that world looks like yeah just like I'm like some of the stuff that I watch as an adult doesn't have the kind of uh like stories that this had yeah I just had to get that out before we got into it yeah and I think I So my mom sent me an article about the Babysitter's Club. It was an interview in People magazine with the author of the books, who it turns out, drumroll please, is a lesbian. Ah, didn't know. And she said she wanted to address AIDS in the Babysitter's Club and other gay themes, but the books, the like publishers wouldn't let her. (laughs) I was like, first of all, how would AIDS play into the Babysitter's Club? What? Yeah. I mean, go off. So she was like, I'm glad this series is, like, addressing the things I wanted to address. So I was like, will it address AIDS in the second season? I would love that. I would love a Pose, the Babysitter's Club crossover. Crossover. (laughs) Okay, so I have a very long list of things to mention. Okay. Um... Because I took notes on the whole show, not just the queer parts. Great. First of all, the little girl from, what's that fucking movie, uh, uh, To All the Boys I Loved Before, I want to see her Netflix contract because I bet it's golden. There's a girl from To All the Boys I Loved Before in it? Yeah, the like artist. She's the main girl's younger sister. Wait, really? Yeah. Oh, she was in the second one. Oh, who is she in the second one? She's in the second All the Boys I've Loved Before. She plays the young version of Lana Kandor. Such good casting. And I didn't see it. I, see... so I don't know. I, 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 did, I fell asleep during the second one. Second thing that I want to talk about, Alicia Silverstone. Yeah. And the fact that they said maybe she wasn't clueless. I didn't catch that. And then you said that. And I was like, this show is perfect. I love it. Alicia's having a, a little bit of a comeback recently. Yeah, with that and that um, scary movie she was in. The, the Lodge. Yeah. She's not in it for very long, but she is in it. And recently she said in a recently she said in a Vogue interview that her gay fans that they've quote always been her people. Wow. So we just stand Alicia Silverstone so hard right now. Also, the Batman movie featuring her has been like all over the place on social media recently. So like I'm just in an Alicia Silverstone like mood. Me too. When she first appeared on the Babysitter's Club, I think I told you this, my thought process was like, oh, the mom's hot. And then I was like, oh, no, the mom's Alicia Silverstone. <laughs> that Also, I loved the mom's plotline. 
Yeah, me too. That comes from the books I, I learned. Oh, oh, really? Oh, I love that. I got a little a little um, emotional at towards the ending at the wedding when she's like driving off and stops the car and gets out and like comes and talks to her daughter before yeah. she like leaves to go sleep, I guess. She's just so, I'm glad that she actually was a character and not just like Alicia Silverstone plays the mom that you never see. Yeah. First, literally one of the first things that happens in the show that I think is something that baby you would do if you were a child today. When the main girl, what's the main babysitter name? Which one? Christy, the main girl. Is that her? I didn't think she was the main uh, girl. Uh, yeah. Who's Alicia's daughter? Christy. Oh, that's who I thought the main girl was. When her and, okay, so when her, when Christy and Alicia get into their first fight, then she like goes, storms upstairs and she's like, no, I'm going to apologize to my mom. I'm going to send her an email. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was like, I can see baby Jay like storming upstairs, opening your email account and being like, Penny Hunt. <laughs> Wait, so that leads me to the question of which babysitter we are. Okay. Because I, I know who you are. I've been thinking really hard about who you are. And I gotta say, like, I have an idea of, of who you are, but I'm not, I don't, I don't know how you're going to feel about it. I'm worried that you're going to think that you're somebody else and that I'm going to go fully in the opposite direction. But, but I guess we'll see. Okay, um, what do you think? Okay, so I think the babysitter that you are most like is Marianne. <laughs> I knew you were going to say either Marianne or Christy, and I didn't know which way it was going to go. I think it's more Marianne. I was going to say that you were more the activist one, the like girl oh, that comes Dawn. in later in the season. Yeah. But I think knowing you personally, your like real self is closer to Marianne. Okay. Who do you think I am? Well, you're obviously Stacy. Which one's Stacy? The blonde one. I love Stacy. I worship the ground she walks on. <laughs> she was my favorite babysitter. Then you're welcome. I loved every episode. She was my oh, she was the only one that never annoyed me. They all annoyed me at some point to varying degrees. But she, I was always on her side. I loved her. <laughs> That's interesting that you think I'm Marianne because I think I'm Marianne, but people, everyone I've talked to thinks I'm Christy. I think the reason that I don't think that you're Christy is I hate Christy. Okay. Um, I'm going to say about 70% of my notes are I hate Christy. That's crazy because I love Christy. Oh, I wanted her gone. If it got renewed without her, I'd be great. I mean, the actress is good. This is in no way a, a, a read of the actress's work. Love her. She seems like a sweet girl. I mean, <laughs> Christy as a character pisses me off. And it makes no sense that they're all friends with her. I mean, I know that it's a, pl- it's a plot line that two of, that like her and the other girl like split up as friends at one point. But throughout the whole season, I was like, God, why are they still friends with this girl? She sucks. That's crazy. I loved um, her. Uh, um, I think I wrote down some of the times that I didn't like her. But 
one of the things about the girl from New York is when she was like, oh, yeah, I'm from, like, what, 72nd? I was like, that's literally where, where I moved into for when I moved to New York. Like, that's where I lived. I love this girl. <laughs> we have to talk, talk or mention really quickly the, like, devil guy from The Good Place playing, yeah. like, one of the most sweetest roles in the show. Yeah, he's very much, he sort of always plays the same role of, like, emotionless, like, repressed guy. And so I was glad to see him start in that role, but sort of, like, break out of it by the end of the season. Because, like, on Brooklyn Nine-Nine, he plays the captain's husband. And he's, like, very, like, straight-laced and nerdy and, like, has no affectation in his voice. And then on The Good Place, when he plays the devil, he's, like, or Sean, he's evil, but he's, like, very, also very, like, straight-laced and, like, no affectation. And in this... At first, I was like, oh, he's playing the exact same character again. And then as it went on, I was like, oh, this is nice to see him sort of to see his acting actually like exist. Absolutely. 100% agree. All all across the board. Except I said most sweetest. And I know that was incorrect. And I just need to say that. Okay. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Okay. Here are my notes about the children having it so good. Oh, Something else uh, that I realized in watching this about television today that is just like a a thought that I had is that I feel like when I was a kid watching TV, the actors on screen were always like 25 playing playing kids. And I love that. I feel like in the last like year and a half, at least, we've been seeing like like children playing children on screen. And I know that creates more of, like, the child actor, like, stereotype, but I am really into it. Yeah, I love that. I think it started sort of with Everything Sucks. Do you remember that show? Yeah, I do. You love that show. I did love that show. It it was not renewed, but it had lesbians in it. And that was the first time I had seen, like, a 13-year-old play a 13-year-old and not, like, a 25-year-old or, like, like a 19-year-old play a 13-year-old, you know? yeah. I think we're getting maybe to a point where everybody's like younger people can be good actors. Yeah. Look at Jacob Tremblay. Jacob Tremblay's like whipping out movies. Absolutely true. Next, the bird's costume. Yeah. Uh huh. Claudia was my second favorite after Christy. And when that happened, I was washing dishes and I actually dropped a dish. I was so excited because for those who don't know or don't remember, because I've discussed it on the podcast before, The Birds is one of my favorite movies and Tippi Hedren and The Birds is my favorite performance of all time. So fun game for listeners. Spot the episode where I first mentioned that. It's episode one. Which, oh my God, I still have never seen The Birds after all this time. I thought you had seen The Birds. I, I watched Psycho towards the beginning of quarantine with the idea of like, oh, I'll watch all the Alfred Hitchcock movies I've never seen. And I never got to it. Maybe I'll do it. Wait, like two years ago, I wanted to go see the birds in theaters and you were like, oh, I watched it. Did I watch it? No, I don't think I've ever actually seen it. So you lied to me. Wow. I don't know what was, well, I don't know what was happening there. <laughs> But when that happened, I I, te- I just for everybody out there getting an insider look on our friendship <laughs> when I was watching it and that happened, I texted Jay and was like, you wrote this show. I cannot wait for you to get to this point. 
And then you freaked out about it. And I was like, that's it. Because I, throughout this whole season, or throughout the whole season, I was like, I feel like this is something that Jay would put out into the world. Well, it was created by, and a lot of the episodes were written by Rachel Shucker. Do you know her? No, no. Do you remember when Smash was airing and the Vulture recaps were big? Like Cousin Debbie? No. Oh, you missed out on an important part of Smash then. But for those who know that, she wrote those. Uh, maybe I'll have to go back and read them. And she also wrote on your favorite show, Red Band Society. I was thinking about that show today. Okay, there were lesbian teachers. Yes. And they it was such a small part, but it was so... What I loved about it was it was just, like, so casual that she was like, oh, and, like, here's your wife. Are you... You guys have a baby together. She, that it was just like, oh, here's this teacher, and then here's her wife also chaperoning the dance. And I was like, that is such a... It's such a little thing, but imagine being, like, the age of the babysitters in the Babysitter's Club and watching this show, like, with your babysitter or something or with your parents and being like, those two women are married? Wow. And it's, like, not a big deal. Yeah, I I really liked I, – I, I talked about it probably, like, two or th- – probably, like, two or three weeks ago with that Rachel McAdams Netflix movie where I was like, I'm – so overwhelmed because I feel like all of the like side characters just happen to be like represent a community and I'm like is this maybe like a turn that Netflix is taking that I'm really here for yeah because you can tell Netflix had their fingerprint all over this I mean the whole like queer eye section yeah oh yeah that took me for a loop when he was like oh no are they here I screamed Another thing that surprised me was the diabetes plot line. Yeah. I wish at some point they would have specified that it was type 1 diabetes, but I've never seen it portrayed that way. They did? Yeah. She said, I have type 1 diabetes. Oh, okay, good. I've never seen it portrayed that, like, delicately and that, like, with that much importance before. Yeah. And the whole plot line being, like, her parents are embarrassed of her and she's like trying to hide it. And like all the ableism stuff was really moving to me. One of the angles that I liked about the diabetes plotline is that it's one of the only like big adult things that happens to the babysitters. I feel like a lot of what they go through in the show is happening in the world that they get to witness because of babysitting. And so it was nice to like see uh like one of the main characters like go through an outside experience does that make sense at all kind of and we got more of it towards the end of the show when we got into like the activism yeah which i loved like the two episode activism arc at the end of the series which which we'll get to i'm also just like going in chronological order of the show so the next thing that happened was that they introduced two more gay characters which was the new babysitter's gay dads. Yes. Yeah. Which, which they didn't really go too much into. We only really saw them over the phone. But again, I was like, here are two, here's like a bunch of other characters that could have very easily been straight and then weren't. Yeah. And it was the same with, sorry to jump out of chronic, chronological order, but in the episode where your girl Stacy and my girl Marianne go to the beach mm-hmm. they go to the beach and Marianne makes the new friends 
the who it's like one of them lives on the beach and one of them is his cousin who's visiting and the guy who lives on the beach is like i had this crush on this boy at theater camp like blah 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 blah. and i was like again so just like casual and great and like here's this 13 year old kid or however old he is who's just like comfortable with his sexuality and like again imagine watching that i i was thinking about it today not the babysitter's club specifically but that kind of thing today because i started to get this like big picture view of what representation really is. Uh, and my mind kind of like wandered to this point of thinking about it in a way of like, as a kid, like watching TV, I never saw gay people on TV. And so in my mind, gay people did not exist in the world. Right. And so seeing representation in forms on TV now is like the world being like, okay, these people exist now, which was moving to me. And I mean, I talked about it at the beginning of the episode or at the beginning of this conversation, but like it's moving to me that children will grow up in the world, acknowledging all of the people that were represented or represented in this show. Yeah. And the other shows like it out there that are happening. The Babysitter's Club isn't like the first to do some things, but it is the first to do some things, which is the trans plot line. Yeah. So that's the original reason that we watched the show. And we could have just watched that episode, but I'm glad we watched the whole thing. Yeah. I, I feel like we, you really wouldn't have caught the other stuff going like, the disability representation and the other like gay representation and our representation. <laughs> yes. And didn't you send me an article that that kid who like the trans kid is one of the bathroom bill kids or something? I don't remember. Yes. I'm Googling babysitters club trans. She might be like the bathroom one. Kai Shapley is her name. Oh Yeah. She's from Texas, and a casting consultant saw her in Trans in America, Texas Strong, the Emmy-winning documentary about her life. She was banned from using the girls' bathroom and only allowed to use one in the nurse's office, but she sometimes had accidents because the door was frequently locked. She, they, she and her family moved to Austin for a more welcoming environment, and she attends school within the Austin Independent School District, which explicitly prohibits harassment of any kind, including based on sex, gender, gender identity, gender expression, and sexual orientation. I was a little disappointed that it didn't go further. Like, it was kind of a blink and you miss it part of the episode. However, the standoff between the babysitter and the, and the doctors in the hallway was, I think, one of the most... What, like, one of the coolest things I've seen on children's TV in a long time? Yeah. And I know the show is meant for, like, little kids and teenagers and, like, people who are the age of the babysitters. And maybe who are the age of the people being babysat. Although it might be a little, like, intense for, like, little kids. Um, like, again, I just keep coming back to imagine being a little trans kid and being like, no one supports me or respects me. And then you watch that and you're like, well, at least the babysitter's club knows that I'm a person. Well, even take it a step further and think about the people that don't know anybody that's trans. 
or like yeah. ha- like they've never seen a trans person. And then like being able to ask those kinds of questions at a young age. Like I, I've talked about on the podcast before that I remember seeing Jack and Will and Grace and asking my mom why he was like that. And her saying, oh, he's just like funny, which like is true, but. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so I can't, I can't imagine how many people got to turn to their parents and do that for themselves in the long run. Um, which made me think of another thing that happened in that episode was when the babysitter and the guy from The Good Place get in the car together after the situation at the hospital kind of like figured itself out. Um, And he turned to her and she's like apologizing for going to the hospital without his permission, whatever, whatever. And he turned to her and said, I'm overwhelmed by you. And I got so emotional about it because I started thinking about Again, that same thing I've been talking about this entire time with like children being able to watch this, where I was like, he doesn't have to teach her how to be a good person. Like she just already is. Yeah. And then I was like, fuck, these kids are going to grow up and hopefully already be good people. Yeah. And learn and will have learned these things that I can't teach to adults. Yeah. And I, yeah, I just got emotional about it. And I hope, I I promise that's probably the last time I'm bringing that topic up. (laughs) (laughs) My next note says the main girl's such a dick. Um, The next one says the dads are hot. Which Which I don't remember what, I don't remember what they looked like, but I think, I think it's the gays. I think, I can't remember. If you're out there and you're like, I know what dads he's talking about. Let me know. (laughs) Next thing, this is like a little picky, but I I thought that it would be fun to talk to about with you. So when they redo the girl's bedroom and they put the three like theater posters up on the purple wall, it threw me that she chose to put up Wicked and West Side Story and then Be More Chill. Yeah, that girl wouldn't like Be More Chill. She would not like Be More Chill. She would not know Be More Chill. How do you go from West Side Story to Be More Chill? And then later when she's like, oh, and I love Hamilton. It's like, yeah, of course she loves Hamilton. She's like a 13-year-old girl. She's black. She loves musical theater. Like, of course she knows Hamilton. But, like, I guess because she's a 13-year-old girl, maybe she would know Be More Chill. But, like, if her trips to the city have given her the chance to see, like, one show each time and she chose Wicked, she's not going to be like, hey, Dad. I have a fun idea. Let's go see Be More Chill. He's going to be like, what is that? Also, it's, I don't really, I've never seen Be More Chill. I've never heard the music to Be More Chill. I don't know anything about Be More Chill. But I know it's not appropriate for a 13-year-old. I know, it's about taking drugs. Yeah. I mean, the drugs, like, make you cool. That's the extent of my Be More Chill knowledge. Well, I know that's not Michael in the bathroom also. I Yeah, I've seen it, I've seen, like, the videos of him do it. Michael um, in the bathroom, Michael in the bathroom at a party. <laughs> there it is. There, that no, one. We don't have to play a clip of it. Just yeah, use that, that every time. That w- actually, that was a clip of it. <laughs> Something I want to put out there into the universe because I have not seen this anywhere, and I seem to be the only person that caught it, is Jenny at one point says... I'm sorry, Jenny? Or, or what's her name? Uh, 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 oh, no. Which one? I wrote down Janine is a, oh, oh, who's Janine? Janine's the teenager, right? Yes. That that like, okay. So at some point, one of the girls is talking about Janine, who's the teenager that's running the like other babysitting company. 
Wait, and no. she says, "Quote, no, no, Janine, no? Janine is Claudia's sister, the like weird girl who talks about the internment camps." That makes sense. Okay, so at some point, somebody's talking about Janine, who is the older sister, and says, "Janine is the life ruiner, and she ruins people's lives," which is a Mean Girls quote, like yes. almost direct. And I, I like sat there on the couch and was like, I know this. And I spent that whole episode saying it over, over and over and over to myself and then Googled it and was like, of course, these kids love Mean Girls. <laughs> that's, that's all I'm just saying about that. But I, I was like, is this? And like looked on Twitter and no one said anything. And I was like, are, are me, you and Kaylee the only three people watching this show? I think um, so. And I guess like everyone who watched it to watch with us, we know David watched it. We know a couple people have, like, reached out to us and been like, the Babysitter's Club is great. Oh, another bit of representation. I don't know if you caught this, but at the art show, there was a painting of the bisexual flag. I saw that, yeah. Just sneaking it in there. But, um, okay, be, uh, speaking of Janine, um, the, the internment camp plot line. Yes. Something I was not expecting, but was really <laughs> happy happened. Yeah. I feel like Japanese internment camps obviously are a big part of this country's history of racism, but I feel like they're not discussed as widely, especially not in entertainment. Like the only time I can remember internment camps being like the focus of something was in like, this is a lot to say, but maybe the worst musical I've ever seen Allegiance, which was just like so bad. And I'm now remembering that they saved a seat for Donald Trump at every performance, which is <laughs> crazy. I did not know that. Yeah, they literally had a seat with a reserved sign that said reserved for Donald Trump. And it was in like the fourth row right in the center. And I, I was like, that's a gimmick. And then I remember I saw it. I was sitting in the fourth row right in the middle. And we, we were like walking in and I was going with my coworker. And we saw the, like, reserve for Donald Trump sign. And she was like, ha-ha, that'll get him. And I was like, what? <laughs> Will? Will it really? Is that what we call activism? I mean, and as we know, now he's no longer president because they reserved a seat for him at Allegiance. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I mean, I didn't even see Allegiance, so I- I'm not surprised. I know the song Higher. I don't remember any of it. Well, uh, the thing about that I liked about it is that I I know that it, it it happened. I'm not naive to it. However, I don't know a lot about it, mm-hmm. and to, to the point where even in this episode, I was like, oh my gosh, like I didn't know that, and I kept finding myself saying that. So it then encouraged me to do research on it, and then was like, oh, there are a shit ton of movies about it. I'll just watch them, um, which is a mindset that I wish more Americans had right now. Oh, <laughs> um. So then they go to camp in the last, I guess, episode, episode and a half, whatever that in is. In the last two episodes, yeah. And we meet yet another gay who has been, ca- who was cast in The Fantastics with his boyfriend as his father. No, that's what I already talked about. You did? Yes. At the beginning? Yes. Oh, well, I'm going chronologically. That's what, remember I said, sorry to not be chronological, but when they go to the beach, they meet a gay guy? Yeah, it's okay. My Okay, so my next thing is the dress that she has to wear for the wedding. Mm-hmm. The yellow dress. I prefer the yellow dress, and I needed to know your input on it. Don't care. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> but I have my no... drag, then, 
I have no opinion on dresses, especially on like a young girl. Like if it was on Elizabeth Debicki, then I would have a big opinion about like, oh, I. But it wouldn't be like I like this dress. It would be like I like the way she wears this dress. But I have nothing. I have nothing to say about women's clothes. Uh, oh, I loved in the last episode or so when Alicia's character kind of took on this symbol of like, you guys have to realize that you're all very privileged without actually saying like you're like capital P privileged, which I liked because I've never seen that in children's anything. At least I don't think I have like just any kind of concept of, of privilege. And like, I feel like when you watch children's, especially television, the children are usually upper middle class. Like they usually have these like huge, I mean, we saw it even on this show. A lot of the characters had like these huge sweeping houses. And I, I liked that at least one person came in and was like, calm down, everybody. When was that? It was when, again, she doesn't say like, check your privilege but it's when she it's with all of the money conversations in the marriage where they're with the I don't really know what to call it when like she is like Alicia you're marrying him for just his money and then the daughter like takes advantage of the money and then Alicia's like you need to realize the value of money and your privilege with this money that we're like about to get I don't remember that at all Oh my gosh. It was around the dress because it was like she had gotten the blue dress, but then she just like didn't like it. So then they got her the, or she, the yellow dress was made for her, but then that she wanted the blue dress, which was more expensive. It was like $900 and they didn't get the money back from the yellow dress. Yeah. I remember all of that. Oh, my next question is actually for you as opposed to the other people here in this conversation. Mm -hmm. Is Stacy a lesbian? No. What? Stacy's the I one don't who's know. I literally, crazy. I I have a note here that literally just says, "Is Stacy a lesbian?" Oh, I remember this. There was a uh, there was a point during the story about her and her like ex friend where I was like, "Were they friends or were they or are they like in love?" And I was kind of like waiting for a reveal of that, and then it never came. And I was like, "Oh, they're just." They're just friends. I would agree with that. Were Stacy not the one whose defining characteristic is that she's boy crazy? Oh, my very last note about the whole show was that I don't need a season two, and I kind of don't want a season two, but apparently what I wanted at the end was to skip to when they're all 30. <laughs> and when they and when they have kids. <laughs> I don't know why that was my last note, but that's what I wrote. I really want a season two. Yeah, I'd be interested to see what, I mean, if they pull out the internment camps in season one, I don't know what, I, I don't know where they're going to go with season two. Well, especially because all, apparently like most of slash all of the plot lines, aside from like the trans plot line, but all the like big plot lines came from the books. Because I don't know if you know this, but there are 212 Babysitter's Club books. What? Yeah. Is it like, is it like... The American Girl doll, where every book is, like, 20 pages? No. They're all, like, chapter books. Oh. When did they start? I think in, like, the 50s or 60s. Nope, 1996. <laughs> 1986. Oh. <laughs> okay, that's a little better. 1986. So there have been over 200 volumes of this series since 1986. Yeah. 
Well, I, I apologize to any Babysitter Club fans out there that I'm apparently naive to how huge the Babysitter's Club is. Now I want to know like how many situations they get into if the author was trying to pull out all of this stuff. The last one is called The Fire at Marianne's House. When Marianne's house is destroyed by a fire, her family considers leaving Stony Brook. This is great. I sounds like it's like a good quarantine read. There are some mystery novels, and then there are some super mysteries. Only four of them, but they're about ghosts. <laughs> oh, I love that. Special edition readers' requests. <gasps> There's a guy called Logan Bruno, boy babysitter. Oh, well, I love that. Oh, no, the last one is not the one where her house burns down. It's the one where they all graduate from middle school. Oh, from middle school. Oh, my gosh, they're so little. Only the first 35 were written by the original author and the rest were ghost written. But she made money off of all of them, all 212. That's my girl. Get it. I'm also realizing right now that Stacy is canonically type one diabetic. Yeah. Like since six. Wow. I would love 200 episodes of the Babysitter's Club. Well, we've already got 10, so all we need is 190 more. Get cracking. 20 seasons of the Babysitter's Club. Then we would get to when they were 30. Oh, I would love that. <laughs> okay, so wait, what are we watching next week? Yeah, so next week we are watching The Old Guard, which we discussed briefly last week. On Netflix, Charlie's, I have been meaning to watch it all week. Can't wait to eventually get to it. Yeah, I have no idea what to expect. Me either. I, especially because one side of me is like, oh, it's maybe like an action war movie. And the other side of me is like, maybe it's a fantasy drama. I'm like, not sure what to expect. It could be either of those. And the fun thing is, I don't like either of those genres. I can't wait to get here next week and you'd be like, hey, uh. <laughs> we'll have like a five minute conversation about it. Well, I hope everybody out there is staying safe and is taking care of themselves. We're we we I got to say, we've been very moved to hear from everybody that's been reaching out to us about Naya over the past couple of days. And we see your comments and your and your letters and we hope to reply to all of them and uh, okay <laughs> hold on <laughs> we do not see your letters because you cannot write us letters i would love letters i also don't know why my delivery sounded like we don't reply to everybody because we yeah, we, we have <laughs> the only way to not get a reply is to mention the video <laughs> the facebook live but we Love hearing from you guys, and it, it's it's a nice it's a nice thing for me at least. No, and I know I'm literally taking the words out of your mouth by saying this, but like it's nice that we're not hot like yelling into the wind. Like it's nice hearing that people feel the same way that we do when we talk about stuff, especially so intricately and sometimes so emotionally. So thank you guys. We hear you. And I and I and I love doing the podcast. Yeah, and we'll talk to you next week. Yeah. Oh, also, uh, if there's anything you want us to watch, let us know. 
Absolutely. Always looking for suggestions. Because we are running out of things to watch. (laughs) There's only so much gay shit out there. (laughs) So if you have recommendations, please DM us. Uh, But otherwise... Yeah, we'll talk to you next time. Yeah, bye. Bye. (laughs) Ha ha ha!